Hello there, business listeners. It's Ian Whitworth from the Undisruptible website, podcast, book, and other products. Just catching up on some stories that I wasn't able to record over the last few weeks because of the horrendous voice-killing cold that took me down. So, on the upside, you get to hear them on the podcast. On the downside, it's middle of the afternoon in Sydney. I live directly across the road from where they're building a metro station and a gigantic apartment block, so you can probably hear the jackhammers going in the background. Normally I record this stuff at night, but I am not able to do that, so I'm sure you can deal with it. Probably give you a sense of the kind of non-stop annoyance that I write under when I'm doing the blogs, so if you're sort of thinking, oh, that's a bit of an irritable point you're making there. That's because my life is just nothing but industrial noise. And speaking of irritation, this week's story. I shot a future Supreme Court judge, but I learned from it. When I was a vet student, I was pretty obnoxious. It was a culture of people who identified as too irresponsible to be doctors. And 18-year-old guys are a hazard to themselves and others, particularly when many of them are country lads unleashed on the big city for the first time. There was a law student who annoyed us by his constant diligent studies on all-day display at his desk, framed inside a floor-to-ceiling window. He was a real business slacks, side part, study on Saturday night type of guy. And, And I'm conscious this doesn't sound real good as I read it out now. A friend and I would take turns shooting him with a BB rifle from a hidden vantage point atop a nearby building kind of low-caliber Lee Harvey Oswald thing. I mean, not enough firepower to break skin or anything, but certainly enough to break his concentration on the books. I'm struggling to think of anything funnier from that period of my life. Of course, with that kind of mindset, he became a Supreme Court judge at an absurdly young age. So, I'd best steer clear of that pizza-themed peak of the state legal system. This minor assault was a major dick move on my behalf, but I'd like to think that by age 22, I was a functioning adult. Yet, last week's media was packed with people who've carried the 18-year-old guy mindset well toward middle age. Should you do that questionable thing? Here's a simple yardstick to judge your behaviour when your age starts with a two or more. If you're not sure if you should do something, ask yourself, how would this look if it was written down and published? Or, if you had to explain it aloud to a room full of people who are not your usual circle of friends. If things turn ugly, as they can, could you honestly say, Hey, I made what I thought was the right call at the time, when we all make mistakes? Or would you have to leave town and go into witness protection because it looks so bad for you? Unless, of course, you are missing the entire remorse part of your brain. Let's wade straight in at the deep end of this the Ben Robert Smith defamation case. Each day, he drops a new piece of testimony, often at the questioning of his own legal team, that raises questions on whether he's ever managed to see more than 10 minutes into the future. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet of antics that I would not want to be public knowledge if I were the star of a court case I bought myself. Hiring a detective to follow his ex-girlfriend to make sure she terminated a pregnancy. Smooth work, Ben. Dousing his computer hard drive in petrol and burning it after getting a letter from lawyers asking him not to delete any files. 
denying he drank from an actual prosthetic leg from an Afghan shot dead by his squadron, but confirming he owns two glasses, quote, shaped like the prosthetic leg with two squadron engraved on it, unquote. Burying evidence in the backyard. Don't do that. It's what dogs do. If you don't have the strategic brain to think, could any of these things make me look bad in the future? I'm not equipped to judge military skills, but a high-level TV executive job like Robert Smith previously held with Seven Network might hold some challenges, I would have thought. Not questioning your own behaviour leads to this kind of thing, I read aloud from a court reporter. Ben Robert Smith has been asked if he's familiar with a logo of a winged penis in the shape of the SAS emblem next to the words, Welcome to Tzak. He said he believed it to be a trademark of his SAS colleague, Person 35. It was an image on a USB he received in the post. Winged penis. As an ex-brand namer, I've spent a lot of time in the trademark system, and I have not seen those two words together before. I know it's not pivotal to the case, but when you're deep in the hide stuff mindset, people are going to bring the issue up just to make you say it out loud. Say it, Ben. Yes, I have a winged penis on file. And by the way, it's one of the tragedies of the lockdown that it's meant an end to the daily Ben Robert Smith show and I, for one, yearn for when our events business can reopen and also we can get daily Ben Robert Smith confessions on the news each day. I miss them so much. Then we move on to the Sony Music Saga as Chairman Dennis Handlin steps down after being there since the 70s. I've linked to a story about a decades-long saga of old, crusty guys treating female staff as objects and playthings. Read it and tell me you don't feel like taking a shower in Dettol. What makes it worse is the personal double standard. I went to dinner a few years ago to commemorate some kind of anniversary for that guy. All night, one giant global star after another appeared on the video screens delivering touching tributes, basically saying he was the best, most charming person they'd ever worked with. Then you read of his alleged behaviour towards staff and the culture he lorded over for eons and marvelled how they kept it undercover for so long. We've all worked with people whose motto is suck up, punch down, and this is that at an Olympic level. I'm sure if you asked any of the Sony bigwigs, they'd blame their downfall on today's cancel culture, rather than perhaps taking some responsibility or admitting their handsy habits aren't okay now because they were never okay. The how-would-this-look test doesn't just cover media fodder like Robert Smith or Sony. It applies to everything you do at work, the calls you make on how you treat staff and customers. With endless electronic surveillance, there are no secrets anymore. Assume every email you write could be published on your website or forwarded around the place. If you need to work off some frustration, do it over the phone. Telling someone, don't tell a soul, is accelerant on the gossip flames. Like managers who say, I'm giving you a pay rise to stop you leaving, but don't tell the others. As if. Trying to keep track of cover-ups and dodgy stories you've told takes up heaps of space in your brain. Act like everyone's watching and you'll get more done and feel better about yourself all day.
shout out to uh, Finn and James, the undisruptible legal panel, who I can email on a weekend going, uh, is there a statute of limitations on low-key sniper offences? And they help keep me out of prison. Love you guys. I hope our association won't affect your careers. If you're new here, my book Undisruptible is out now on Penguin Random House. Get into that. Get it in all good bookstores. Any damn bookstores. Just buy it. And I write a story like this every Tuesday. Drop your email address on the subscribe page on the website to get it entirely free of charge. Deal. See you next week. Side note, I've just listened back to this and I can't hear any jackhammer, so that's nice. Audio buffs. The noise reduction algorithm in Audacity is insanely good. Check it out.